0: Hey, welcome to Mysterious Goings On. It's me, Alex Greenwood. Welcome back. I hope you're enjoying this season. I am. I'm talking to so many interesting people, not just uh, inflicting my monologues on you this season. I'm trying to bring in more people involved in the creative arts, in, in my opinion, the creative field. I'm talking, as you know, we've spoken to or going to speak to people who have been uh, broadcast personalities, actors, dancers, um, innovators in lots of spaces. And I I was thinking about this, and I kept thinking, geez, I want to just kind of open my Rolodex to people I know. Um, and and I thought, oh, my God, staring me in the face is a guy who has been a friend of mine for well over 30 years. Oy. And uh, uh, what's interesting about him is he designs things that you don't see now let me let me uh, explain you see them all the time and they generally make your dining experience wherever you might eat at a, at most especially most national chains or regional chains uh, but uh, but some mom and pops he designs things that makes the um, dining experience and the quality of the food better and uh, we're going to talk to brian hutton about that right now brian welcome to mysterious goings on
1: thank you Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Did I phrase that correctly? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I develop products for restaurants, uh, both commercial restaurants. So you mentioned the chains, and uh, uh, and independent restaurants. You'll call them mom and pops, but independent restaurants. But also in the non-commercial space, places like colleges and universities, uh, it, the military. Uh, secondary education primary education uh all the all those places anywhere where food is being served i i'm trying to develop products to to make the food look better taste better be safer and uh, uh and I go from there.
0: So is the company that you work for, uh, can we talk about that? Who, sure. who do you work for? Tell me about them, that might help us. So too.
1: it's a company called Tablecraft Products Company. Um, and I'll, I'll, let me back up, I've been in this space developing products for about 20 years now. Um, the company I work for now is Tablecraft Products Company. They are a uh, family owned business, uh, Manufacturer and importer of products for food service. They're best known for some innocuous products that are crucial to, to the operation of a lot of fast food restaurants. Things like uh, plastic baskets for sandwiches and French fries. Um, squeeze bottles is another core category. So so all the you know many of the squeeze dispensers that you see that are that are dispensing. Ketchup, mustard, uh, you know, on your uh, sandwich prep tables, as well as the ones that you might see at a, a, you know, red thing on the table at a diner that that's us
0: but you can also use those and i've seen this chef famous chefs use those to create little designs on the plate and
1: sure I, 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 yeah absolutely and, like, and there's a, yeah for de- uh, decorating and for sauces uh, we cr- we have a high heat version that can sit in warm water so if you're doing a caramel or a chocolate uh, decoration on top of a dessert it does
0: it's funny because i've seen i saw on one of my shows or one of my shows a cooking show the chef used the squeeze bottle and then he took a toothpick and ran through it and oh sure made it make it decoration so
1: so so, uh you eat uh, much with your eyes as you do your your mouth so the you know that visual appearance that's where the some a lot of the chef's creativity comes into play and that's one of the spaces that i do a lot of product development
0: well let's step up take a step back because there's a lot of products that i know you've worked on and i've i've seen up close and i i will tell everybody you cannot go to dinner lunch breakfast with this guy and not have him almost if he especially if he doesn't know gleefully pick up the plate without spilling any of <laughs> just to look to see who made it
1: checking brands, checking and, that, brands. and that that's kind of an, an industry-wide thing is, is I will, being in the industry for twenty years, oftentimes just by looking at a product, I know who who made it, and, and just appreciate how it how products are are kind of arranged and created on it i
0: was having a family dinner at a restaurant and i just took a picture of it because i was really like this is really good and you wrote back oh that basket that's ours (laughs) and i just laughed and everybody at the table i said it's brian again and everybody knew yeah but so let's let's take a step back though Mm -hmm. um you have been doing this for quite some time now. I I understand you have a master's degree in advertising from Northwestern. Is that correct?
1: Uh, it's in yes, yes, essentially master.
0: Yes, and you have um, done this work as you said for quite some time now. Um, did you see yourself back when you were getting that master's degree doing this? No,
1: no. I, I mean, honestly, when I was going through, I I had anticipated. Uh, one of two paths. One was agency work, so working at a traditional. It, I was in the Chicago area, so we were going to all the the big agencies that were managing the beer accounts and the big department store and uh, and the big food manufacturers were all in the Chicago area. Some of those have kind of branched out right. since since then, right. but that was that was path one. Path two. Was I, I thought I was going to get into uh, teaching at the college level. So, but, but neither one of those, I, I had no idea that I was going to get into product development or.
0: Or, or anything that technical. Well, and I when, and we knew each other in college at bachelor's degree days. And you always were very creative. You you like to draw and you like to uh, to spin ideas. And your mind works in a way that's unlike most people I know. You find connections that most people don't. Um, that's it seems to be a feature of your, not a bug, a feature <laughs> of of your brain that I've always right. admired. And I and, and to a degree, I have a similar skill but it's not the exact same way Uh, mine's more with words yours is more with concepts it seems
1: yes yeah i think so and and that's it's actually served me very well on the product development side obviously is is finding maybe a dissimilar product in a completely unrelated industry and finding ways to interpret or 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 use that technology to help the industry i'm
0: in so how how and I want to get into the, the creative side of it again in a moment, but how crucial is product development in this industry? Can it make or break a restaurant?
1: Yes. for uh, Yes, certainly. Certainly. Uh, and most people will focus on, I'll use a, an industry term, center of plate. So, right. So most chefs traditionally are focused on the food, the food presentation. However... Uh, because the visual piece of it is is critical to the success of that restaurant then it it is it's as important as the food and I think I related uh, relate an example to you previously which is a a burger and fries in a in in, wrapped in paper Mm -hmm. is going to be one price call it a that's a seven-dollar meal. Uh, if you take it out of the paper, put it in a plastic basket, it's a nine or ten-dollar meal. You oh. take it out of the plastic basket and you put it on a uh, you know a wood serving board with a stainless you know the fries in a stainless steel. It, it's now a thirteen or fourteen-dollar meal, and uh, and then you put it on. You know, a high-end porcelain or china plate, and it could be a twenty-dollar meal. So, so just by how it could be virtually the same food cost, but by changing the presentation, you you really define how you what you are as a as a restaurant from a simple fast food to to uh, you know a high-end full-service type.
0: Is that so? When you keep the hot side hot and the cold side cool, <laughs> like McDonald's did uh, with the what was that the the, the the Arch Deluxe? Is that the Arch or so, or yeah, something so, like yeah, that? Yeah. And, um, no, it was the McDLT, wasn't it? Yeah, that's so fascinating because if you go to a higher end um, burger place like Red Robin. Sure. Yes. Which and with Ruckers is different, though. I think I don't know if they serve it the same because you're building your own at Ruckers I think so. But let's think about Red Robin. They seem to have the higher end serving, like you're talking about. The, mm-hmm. the food comes out. It's a burger,
1: right?
0: But it's a gourmet, deluxe, incredible burger. And it, I think that, I'm. It's funny. I hadn't thought of this. So if you, if I were to have a Red Robin burger served in a wrapped in a piece of paper, it'd still be tasty, but I wouldn't. I would think twice about spending fifteen bucks on it.
1: Exactly. Wow. Exactly. It's all about it, it's about presentation. Yeah. So so that's one that's one line of products. The other is, is a, a huge focus and a huge concern in the industry is food safety. So I developed a, develop a lot of products around food safety. So that's in the back of the house in the kitchen. How to uh, keep the knife or cutting board that you use for raw meats from being mixed with the same cutting board that's being used for strawberries or lettuce. That's why they color code a lot of the exactly so the whole concept of color coding to and food segregation and and what they call HACCP which is an acronym for hazard analysis Mm -hmm. and critical control points you identify these areas where that are hazards where the the most mistakes happen, and you try to find ways to uh, either completely avoid or or mitigate those risks.
0: So you you invented that? I didn't. <laughs> I was gonna say it's know. like that Albert Brooks movie, Defending Your Life, and he goes, "What did he say? Uh, the guy you met up in, in heaven or wherever they're going?" He said, "I invented." What do you say? Totally nude? (laughs) You remember that? He's like, "That was me." That was me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before
1: that, they were all just nude. Nude,
0: (laughs) and it didn't go anywhere. But I added totally. (laughs) So, you you have you're rather accomplished, and I know this partially because I vacationed with you. Um, And let me just explain my products. uh... So we were at a resort in Jamaica, our families together, and um, I. I don't remember exactly the circumstances, but we saw a cart that you had designed from Correct. a pre for a previous employer, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he said, "That's one of mine." And so, of course, me being obnoxious, I go over to the the lady who works there and said, "Do you like this cart?" Is it, Oh, yes, it makes my job so much I said, "You're looking at the guy who invented it right here," and I'm pointing it. And Brian's all like. Okay. Embarrassed. But he's he, part of a T. Yeah yeah, that's what the first thing he says, of course. <laughs> but it was so funny. It was just so interesting because she legit said this thing really did and it's and what I admired about because I look at the cart and I know a little bit about your industry. I've dabbled a little. I've worked with some companies as you know, and uh, that you, you actually got me in the door with and I learned a lot about uh but there's also something that, that we're not talking about yet either, which is beyond food service and safety and beyond um making the consumer appreciate the food in a different light there is also just the ergonomics and the convenience to help staffers who use it you know sure. where they're not backbreakers all the time you know yeah. i mean there's so many things that you've designed. so it's not just that i mean you've actually designed or helped design products that help um, staff do a better job because they're not constantly struggling with uh, physical limitations because of the
1: sure, yeah, yeah. Improving efficiency yeah. is 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 important. I, you know, I I always think as a restaurant, a person running a restaurant, the the last thing they want to think about is a pro- a product, uh, you know, an equipment and supply product. They have so many other worries. So they have insurance worries. They have staffing worries. They have food cost worries, they have food waste worries. The last thing they want to think about is uh, a, you know, a, a basket or a tray or a tumbler or a cutting board. So, so my, I, I think one of my key roles is making something you know, function well and, and make their jobs easier to do so, so I, I always try and keep that in the back of my head when developing products
0: let's talk a little bit about your process mm-hmm. um, and I'd like to use an example of one of your most celebrated designs and successes we were talking about burgers earlier yes you created the, the better burger the better
1: burger collection well How-
0: if, you, if you and if And I'm asking you on online here, so if it's not cool, we'll edit this. But I mean, can we use a picture of that uh, in? uh, Sure, uh, I think so. Just just so people can understand what you're doing here. Yeah. But but if you would, though, go ahead and let's assume we have a photo of it in the show notes. Okay what is it and tell me, tell them what it is first if you don't mind i don't mean to tell you how to do the interview but just so we can get our, our mind around it tell us what it is first and then if you don't mind i'd love to hear your process how did you come up with this okay
1: so so the better burger collection is uh the industry has been upscaling fast food for close to a decade now um so uh, what was traditionally, you know, my generation was very comfortable going to a fast fast food restaurant. But but you wanted to go out on a, a nice night out, you would go to a, a casual theme restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, you know, fast food, think of plastic tray, uh, disposable packaging. McDonald's. Counter service. Yeah. And then casual theme was sit-down restaurant. Uh, staff would wait on you at at as you s- sat there, like an Applebee's or a Chili's, Applebee's, Chili's, Red uh, this, Robin, uh, Red Robin. Yeah, sandwiched in between there has evolved what is known as fast casual, and that is uh, sometimes usually counter service, but it, it's a, a higher quality of food than traditional fast food, and so this is a kind of an emerging. Area
0: is that is that Five Guys or are they still considered um, the 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 more casual? That's or the
1: fast food. That's another little niche called called Better Burgers or or uh, you know. So it's it's a uh, it's basically the top end of fat, fast food. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I would think so, something like Payway if you've ever eaten oh, at Sure, Payway. Yeah. Um, many would consider Chipotle mm. uh, in that in that same realm. So so. High, higher quality ingredients, usually either order at the counter and then go sit down, or uh, um, or, or you're are you're sitting you know sitting down. But uh, there there's th- this area uh, has evolved over time. It's kind of just a, a sub segment between the uh, true fast food and, uh, and and casual theme restaurants. So it's it, it, you get to a little bit lower price point. But uh, but a higher quality food.
0: Okay. So and also I have been reading a lot about how fast food is really sinking with market share. People aren't buying it like they used to. So there's this pressure, right? On on is there a pressure to kind of glam up everything?
1: I it's yeah. I think there's some the some of the expectations food expectations have have risen. I think the next generation, I believe, has become more adventurous. So though consistency is important, variety is very important. Uh, And then we could get into a whole separate discussion about uh, convenience delivery and those type of things, which I think are having a negative impact on, on fast food. If you can call an Uber Eats and have a you know, have a, a, a nice meal delivered to you uh, and, and it be affordably priced, then.
0: So, yeah, and it's nothing against fast food. We all love fast food. But, but yeah, a delivery, I, when I think delivery, I don't think get me a Big Mac. Because, and I, I mean, there's no disrespect to McDonald's, but if you don't consume a Big Mac relatively quickly, in it's my opinion.
1: the fries. Op- Keeping the fries. Is that what it is, really? It's yeah, the fries? Yeah. I, I think a hamburger, you, you could probably make it. Eight or ten minutes,
0: but but f- the fries, fries
1: they, they don't they don't, don't transport. More.
0: So I interrupted you, and I apologize because we were talking okay. about how you got to the better burger. I'm <laughs> so, sorry.
1: Okay. So so with with burgers upscaling, you mentioned Red Robin, the people uh, uh, raising their expectations. Uh, in my mind, I wanted to combine the familiarity of disposable packaging mm-hmm. with. Reusables with you know something on the tabletop, so create a little bit of whimsy and familiarity, while still uh, um, having something in a uh, you know a a, a durable package. And so the the concept was take the style of things, uh, French fry box, the French fry trays or deli trays. Uh, burger box, an open burger box, and interpret those in a reusable, dishwasher-safe, durable thing—stain, heavy-duty stainless steel, or uh, uh, melamine. I use uh, melamine a lot.
0: Right, right.
1: And so it created this range of products that was unique in in yet familiar. Yeah. And uh, and it's yeah, it's had. Uh, won some awards and has had really good reception uh, within the within the industry
0: so and this would be definitely a product that would could take your your seven dollar burger and fries and make it into a double that or more
1: absolutely yeah Uh, yeah, i mean there's there's also uh, on the whimsical side i created a a spatula slider (laughs) server so it looks like a spatula (laughs) right but it has raised edges to keep all the juices and stuff in there. And you can fit three sliders on there easily, and you can present it to the table. Now there's another added feature to that from my perspective, which is people like there's a a growth of paddle flights and uh, uh, serving things with handles because one of the biggest things I I'm annoyed by when I go to a restaurant is if a server hands you their uh, uh some food and their thumb is somewhere in your in food, your, in the plate, somewhere. in the plate, oh, yeah. in the soup bowl, in the, because they're grabbing it and trying to present it. So, so there's a food safety and, and just a, a better presentation if their hand is away from direct contact with your food.
0: That's a great point. And so the, when did better burger come out two years ago, a year ago? It's, uh,
1: it's, it's, a year
0: now. A year now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's we don't have to say who, but it's, it's being picked up and it's being used. So you might see it, it at, at a restaurant. And yeah. again, we'll hopefully we'll have a picture of this in the show notes and you can see it. And if you see one, you don't even have to lift <laughs> it up and look under it. You'll just know that it's a table craft, but it's designed by Brian Hutton. Brian, let me ask you how that works, though. Mm-hmm. Um, do you sit there at your office and the boss comes in and says, Hey Hutton, we need uh, something to serve sliders on. Is that how it works? Or do you listen to voice of the customer? Is that what you're doing? Tell us how that works.
1: Uh, all of the above. So, hmm. so I, you know, our development process, we develop as a company a, a, you know, a large number of products per year. Uh, there is a, a product development funnel that looks at the categories in which the company develops and make sure that those are all being filled and addressed that there are new products for for each of those categories and occasionally from sales or from management that they will see something or see a need and will relay that I also spend some time in the field try to visit with operators observe Operators to see if I can observe a need um, in my in my mind. If a person asks you for a specific product, it's probably too late. That means that everyone else has probably heard about it and is, de- is developing it. But if you see a need and, and can develop a product that fills that need, that's that's when you are you know maybe truly
0: innovate do you ever sit down in a restaurant and come up with an idea right there because it's like oh my gosh there's got to be a better way than this i mean you already mentioned the thumb and the food so
1: so yeah and and, yeah sketching on a (laughs) mask i've seen you do that uh, yeah uh, that's yeah part of the creative process so so i mean for for my process uh the the first thing for me is to know kind of know my playground so so know what the the company that i work for what what are they known for what are their where, sweet spot what, yes where where do we have permission to sell um and uh, wh- what are we good at so uh, you know i could go to uh asia i could go you know overseas and find a manufacturer to make or a source for anything if i wanted to start selling Refrigerators. I can go find a refrigerator manufacturer and, and start doing that. The problem is, it probably wouldn't sell because this company is not known for those well, things. Yeah, you know, right? people
0: right. people aren't going to go. They're going right. to go to so, Blodgett or whoever their big restaurant. Exactly.
1: People. So, so developing within our within our space is is the first thing. Second is is observing. So so observing, listening. Those are uh, far more important, uh, both seeing what the competition is doing, but but also seeing what what things are happening in the industry, what trends are out there, and talking to customers.
0: Okay, you have this fantastic idea, and you get the green light from the boss and whomever, and sales, right? Because sales has to buy in, right, I assume? Yeah. If they say, look, man, we can't sell this, it's a cool idea, right? right. But So can they shoot you down?
1: Um, they don't have, so we talk about, you know, there's influence and authority and responsibility. (laughs) So, so, so yes, they can certainly influence, but if, if ultimately, uh, product development and the executive team decide that a product is going to be added to the line, then, then their responsibility at that point becomes selling it to the best of their ability get
0: creative and sell this thing exactly so so you you um you get the idea and it gets through all the hoops and now you do you actually go to the drawing board or do you have people who do that for Uh, you
1: both so so engineering drawings are done by i have a designer oh but you you're not
0: sitting there like a a computer-aided drafting table thing no okay that's so
1: they'll do the cad and then i also have uh, some outside resources that I will employ that have really good technical skills, uh, some that have really good human form and function skills. So if I needed something extra ergonomic or with multiple moving parts, then uh, then I would rely on them. I usually go to them with the gestalt, the you know the the big idea, right. something that I, I've kind of pencil sketched on a notepad, sure, and then they'll develop. From there, and, and figure out how to so
0: for the cocktail uh, napkin to to them basically in right. a lot of ways. With, I mean,
1: yeah, with a discussion.
0: So how long? How long? Just and I I know everything's different, but how long does it percolate with you? How long do you sit with it before you present it to anybody else?
1: Uh, it it varies widely. So, so you know, sometimes it's it's you know days, and sometimes it could be months where I have a concept in my head and I'm trying to work it out. How would you? How how would it? How would it work or could it work? Uh, and I've got a few ideas that I've had in my head for years and still haven't been able to execute.
0: See, them. this is why I wanted to have Brian on here because most of the listeners to the, the show are, are more accustomed to talking about writing. Mm-hmm. But this is like writing to me because I can have a short story that I can put out in, and I can just crank it out in a couple of days. It just comes out of me. I don't know where it comes from and it does well. I have a short story that won a lot of awards. Obsidian, uh, that that came out of me in just a few days. Right, went won. It, and it, and then there's uh, there's other stuff that percolates in the back of my mind forever, and I struggle to get it out right. because I can't right. quite get in that groove. Do you yeah, have the same?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And maybe you have a you have a character. But you don't have the story for the character.
0: Many people say in my books <laughs> that I have great characters in search of a good story. So, yeah. So,
1: so yes. And sometimes there's a, a there are these holy grail kind of mm. problems in the industry that if technology or materials catch up, then everyone wants to solve those problems. Oh, that's you know, interesting. You know, pl- plastics that feel like ceramics. or or are oven oven safe and there are some that are ovenable but but they have inherent problems with staining or scratching or you know so durability right finding those you know keeping those in the back of my head for when technology catches catches up
0: yeah now you you this is also interesting though you for another company I'm thinking we don't have to go into what it was but you have a patent or you're a part of partial patent I, holder I,
1: I do yeah yeah. yeah. I'm, I was on a, a group that dev- designed patent for an insulated food pan transport device <laughs> so,
0: and we uh, laughed but, but it's got to be done or people will steal it
1: co- correct yeah. correct and and there's some some unique features ab- uh, about the product and some of it's the was the the look and the design of it but uh um, but there's a food safety element as well. When you talk about transporting food, if you're in catering uh, or, or another environment where you transport food from the kitchen to where it's being served, right. that's going to take longer than a couple of minutes. Then it's important to help maintain the food quality and the food safety to, by, by maintaining
0: the temperature. It gets back to the french fries again. Exactly. right? Exactly. If they sit too long. So, yeah, we had course. a great yeah. burger last night, and you tried them too, right? The fries, mm-hmm. the burger was delicious. The fries were good for about the first minute, but right. then they got soggy really fast. And then it was like I ate them because I was hungry. But so, but but right, that that kind of yeah,
1: food food quality is yeah. is of huge. critical importance it, when you're fighting for repeat customers, right? Instead of having to to woo new customers all the time, yeah,
0: that's way more expensive to it's, woo exactly. new customers. Yeah. so
1: so to have some something you know good consistent uh quality food is is very important
0: so we talked about your kind of your ideation Mm -hmm. and then the process as it works its way through the company um so when the designs are complete and all that stuff and and i I assume you don't patent every product you you do no it's,
1: it's very rare because it's pretty expensive
0: to and, protect. and most of your stuff's fairly ubiquitous it's just in kind of a spin on what everybody's doing it, to exactly, a degree yeah yeah, yeah
1: so. i'll call it a me too plus or a me too plus plus <laughs> nice or, <laughs> not true innovation there's right. there's very little there's some out there but there's there's very little what i would consider true innovation so
0: typically you get the design it's all approved generally manufactured off off continent somewhere else to another um, is it china a lot or is it, it
1: well with this current manufacturer it's it's probably a 70 30 30 30 percent manufactured somewhere in the u.s great with contract manufacturers and then 70 percent made elsewhere
0: is there a um is there now, of course, these are manufacturers. They take the designs and they make it. So it's not like you have to sell them on the product. But is there is there ever any cultural misunderstanding, uh, just in general, about this kind of thing?
1: There, it depends on how complex the design is. If, if I'm asking a, manufa- a manufacturer vendor uh, to design something for me from scratch, mm-hmm. uh, and I give them an idea and they have to put it together for me, There, there's a lot of room for misinterpretation and challenges and a lot of back and forth. I call it playing find a rock, where you tell them, hey, go find a rock, and they bring back a rock. And I go, oh, yeah, that is a rock, but I wanted a big rock. And then they go, bring me a big rock, and I go, oh, you know, this is a smooth one. I kind of wanted something kind of jaggedy. And then they give me a jaggedy rock, and I go, well, this one's gray. I really wanted something reddish. That's that's the kind of back and forth, and, and then if you have, at a minimum, you've got one to two days between most correspondence, just because of the time difference. Uh, I will, you know, Skype call them regularly if, if you know, on, a, um, on on certain projects. But uh, but then you know if, if a product's being sent back and forth. You're talking, uh, you know, it could be 10 days to two weeks right. for each time. So with a product development process, you know, try, always trying to launch as fast as possible from the time we decide to move forward with a project, it's uh, it, it slows things down. It just gums up the work. So the, the key is design and develop as much as you can and then hand it off to them. and then yeah and don't don't ask them to interpret for for to, for much interpretation
0: yeah because and because it's cultural too I mean it's like I could say to you hey like. Like I already did earlier, right? I could say, you know, like let's, you know, like Red Robin. Well, mm-hmm. that might not mean anything to somebody over there. I, it Correct. Prob- They've yeah. never eaten at a Red Robin. Yeah. They
1: just think of a bird if they looked yeah. it up or did a Google Translate. <laughs> so. Right, they would.
0: They would right. just say, yeah, like a bird. So then they're drawing a a, a jaggedy <laughs> burger
1: that looks like a bird.
0: Yeah, with a jaggedy rock on it. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. So that's fascinating to me. I mean, it's it's. I don't think see just all these intricate details on onto and here i'll oversimplify all of the these decisions and all this thought that goes into making something that is so ubiquitous at one point you don't even really notice it you do but you don't you notice right. it in the sense that oh the better burger thing really presents my meal well and makes me feel like spending 20 bucks on a burger and fries but you don't think about what goes into making that i bet some people look at that and go oh well, that's just playing off of uh, You know, the old fast food were kind of packaging, but they made it out of steel. Okay. You know, but that's, that's way more than that.
1: It it is, it is, or it can be (laughs) if you do it right. (laughs) If you do it right, you do it wrong. (laughs) So, so, you know, the the other thing that struck struck me is, is I also in my creative process, I'm sure you do the same. I find time to think and be bored. So in the office every day weather permitting I will spend half an hour outside and I literally I, I sit on the grass on the side of a hill I take my shoes off I ground myself and I don't know if grounding is a no. <laughs> it's a real thing it's a real but I thing. don't know yeah. if it works it works in my yeah. in my brain and I just watch uh, there's a you know a small lake adjacent to the to the building and and just Think.
0: And feed the ducks
1: exactly or the geese and, and or watch the herons or uh you know the fish swimming around in there but but that helps me i think being disconnected from the the pavlovian dinging of of the emails Email. coming in and just the constant interruptions and in you know, interactions which I, I treasure the interactions, but I also need, as part of my creative process, to get a, get away and just think a little.
0: anybody ever said anything to you about it?
1: Uh, most people are. Everyone's sometimes they will you know they will see me with my shoes off and they <laughs> kind of make fun of me. But uh, but for the most part, very very supportive because yeah. it's it you know the the proof is in the pudding. You know if we get results, we're developing unique products that answer industry needs then then that's that's what it's all about
0: i, I happen to agree i in this, there's a couple of things people who listen to this show and look at my social media know is that i work out every day but also one thing i do a couple of times a week is i do a little bit of forest bathing there's a little there's a woods with trails near my house it's about a mile and a half walk you can hear a little bit of highway but not much, especially when the everything's in bloom like this time of year, and that really helps me, yeah, get away. As you said, the pevolo and ding of the email and the phone ringing and people coming by, well-meaning people who chickity chack and want to talk to you about stuff, and you know, so that's that's an interesting part of your process. So um, your job, but you mentioned how you're at the office and you're in L, you're in Chicago area, right? right. Um, but you you have to travel a fair amount for this job or somewhat
1: Uh, less throughout my career i've i've traveled you know gone uh, you know my travel has gone up and down i i will try to get to uh there's a large show in europe uh, called ambiente which is uh home and housewares focused but there are some great trend spotting opportunities and then i try to go to asia uh at least once a year but usually a couple times
0: like hong kong or
1: uh, hong kong and then uh, there's a large show in Guangzhou uh, that's twice a year and then if there are vendors elsewhere throughout the country most of the vendors that i deal with in china are in that southern area but some are in the uh, up in the north northwest so if they're making glass, uh, cast iron, wood products. A lot of that comes f- uh, from further north in the country, and, and then most of the injection molding, plastics manufacturing, assembly, light assembly, that, that type of stuff uh, tends to happen in the, in the ports closer, you know, in the south.
0: You also served in the US military. Yes, uh, you were an officer in the military. And what I want to know about that is, and you, you did that after graduate school? I did. Yeah, you—you you were unusual. You were the old man, weren't you? I—I yeah. <laughs> I was. But, but uh, here's what I want to ask about that. You were in the service. Was it six years, something like that?
1: Uh, more like four.
0: Four. And you worked for—I uh, mean, you jumped out of airplanes and things like that. Uh, but you also worked in in a area that took care of. Uh, I'm sorry. You, was it
1: what what corps were you in? I was in ad- Adjutant General. Adjutant corps. General Corps. Yes.
0: And uh, that was taking care of people and. Mm-hmm. Was there any creative? Pro- I'm see where I'm coming with this. Finally, was there any creative problem solving in the military that that you either you could do or wanted to do and frustrated you that you put into <laughs> practice now?
1: Yeah, yes. Well, so you have to get into the wayback machine. This was this was in the '90s, so um, there weren't cell phones then, or, or uh, there were probably car phones. They were like the lethal weapon was, one. The remember <laughs> yeah, that yeah. rigs and Murtaugh. So yeah, so the, yeah there. there on a deployment, there, there, there was not the kind of technology that we have today. So, the, one of the biggest challenges that the military faces, or did when I was there, is that uh, it, it was explained once that you have uh, moments of. Terror, ter- terror, a lifetime of boredom interrupted with moments of terror, sheer terror, terror. <laughs> and that—that's what most infantry people were like. So you had you would go out, uh, and, and you know you were in a this scary environment, and then you would spend days doing absolutely nothing. So so part of my part of my one of my roles was finding ways to keep them entertained. So morale, welfare, and recreation was. Fell under the purview of my department. Uh, postal fell under my department, and so it was critically important to make sure that the the mail got there. And so, in all, all of those, any soldier right packages and letters.
0: Oh yeah, like they would um, do back home for. Like on MASH, mail call was like a huge deal, right? Co- correct. That's not a joke. Correct. That's I mean, they were looking yeah. forward and to it this. It is
1: changing a, a little bit, again, with the, with the easy access to, you know, easier access to a cell phone and an international plan. When I was stationed in Germany, it was, you know, 50 cents to a dollar per minute, minute to for time. a phone call from a landline to landline. And so, you know, most soldiers couldn't do that, at least couldn't do it regularly. Right. And but but uh, and so keeping them entertained and keeping them out of trouble right. <laughs> was a very important part of of, of, uh, of my job, and it required a lot of creativity. Right. And, and you know, thankfully, the you know post Vietnam military d- did appreciate the soldiers and, and did invest in you know things to, to, to help them along.
0: But was creativity welcomed?
1: uh <laughs> to a degree i think it's back to know know your playground so so you you have i had to work within the both the you know the financial constraints and uh, and the exercise constraints of of my department
0: yeah so did that become go find a rock in a way too did, did you have to work for upper you know for generals and colonels and majors who perhaps didn't maybe were older and didn't quite have as better as good an understanding of the people you were serving there there were
1: there were some there were some you know at that time most of the higher ranking folks were vietnam vets okay so so the you know the tough it out mentality just you know figure it out you're a grunt you know so you're gonna be bored. yep i was I was bored when I was in Vietnam. you'll you'll figure it out right uh, versus I, I think there were uh, there were also a, a large group of those folks that came out of Vietnam saying, we don't want soldiers to have to go through the same things that that we did. Mm-hmm. And we don't want, you know, we want to avoid. Alcoholism and drug use, uh, and drug, and, drug yeah. use and addiction, uh, in our ranks because uh, because we know what what effect that has on on the, the unit.
0: Yeah, the, the deprivations are part of the deal, but th- if there's a way to ameliorate that, why not? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And you know, it's funny, and it's not really our discussion, but I, nowadays with cell phones and things, I wonder if there's more problems though because. To some degree, because you've got these these young kids serving in infantry who've got a cell phone, and maybe they're oh well, we're going to do maneuvers somewhere to, tomorrow, and maybe that's not something that people should know about. I, I'm just oh uh,
1: there yeah there's, there I'm sure there are you know people taking cell phone videos and and things that they shouldn't because it's classified right. But but there's I'm certain also a. Uh, you know, distracted soldiers have got to be a problem. Yeah. Where you're supposed to be on watch, looking out for a potential threat in right. your you know scrolling through the social media feed.
0: Yeah. So let's get back to what you're doing now. Speaking of threats, is how competitive is your business? Is it is it a really?
1: It, it, I, w- I wouldn't call it cutthroat. But <laughs> if there's, so, there's, you have there's some there's cutlery. There is <laughs> some healthy competition. The number of categories that my company. Uh, competes in e- each one of those categories could have you know three or four major competitors, uh, and then there's also a secondary threat. Some of our larger customers are direct importing products, so so our some of our customers have become our pseudo competitors in some environments as well. That's interesting. So so it's it, it's just channel compression, which is not unusual for a mature industry but it it certainly is a threat to to a you know a company like ours
0: any bold predictions on the food industry this um, on the restaurant industry
1: a bold prediction i i would say in the with automation uh, i think the back of the house is going to change pretty dramatically in the next say 10 to Fifteen years. So, so fewer employees. Uh, fewer employees. I mean, I I could potentially see almost like a, a, a you know lights out kitchen where where it's fully automated. There, there's a at Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. There's a robot called Flippy who makes hamburgers, and uh, and they're always perfect.
0: Can I get him on the show?
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. So so it's a it's a robotic arm. It places the burger. It fl- it flips. It's not just based on timing. It has a built-in uh, laser digital thermometer, so it makes sure that the product is safe. Not just visually looks fully cooked. Right. It it is fully cooked and it's perfect every time. Wow. Uh, so th- there's a a company that's developing uh, a company called Moley M O L E Y that is developing. A fully autonomous kitchen. You know, just very similar to you know, what you see on Star Trek, where, where
0: you. The Replicator you, I think. You,
1: There's a company called Moley who's developing fully autonomous kitchens that will uh, have a library of menu items that you, are, are pre programmed and it can chop, cook fully prepare and even self clean after the meal. So the impact that if that becomes affordable and I could eat a back to red Robin, a mm. red Robin hamburger in my house.
0: Oh my, really?
1: Then what would be the reason to go to a restaurant? Wow. It could change pretty dramatic. Some of the real value of a, of a restaurant is, uh, Is the convenience of
0: it? It's a convenience, but there's also the social side.
1: Absolutely, people are always
0: going to go to restaurants.
1: Absolutely, that's one of the things I love about the industry is that uh, you know people rarely go to a restaurant to be depressed. They're usually celebrating something. It's a birthday. It's a thank God I didn't have to cook tonight. It's a (laughs) you know whatever that is. It's typically a, a, a celebratory experience. Right. Uh, that they're, they get to go out to eat.
0: Any uh, big top secret thing you're working on? You can tell us anything about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course not. No. Of course not. <laughs> but you're always working on something, aren't you? I, I,
1: I am. So, so you know, if you think of the the, the key things that I'm always looking at, it's safety mm-hmm. related. So, can can we make the food safer? Uh, consistency. So, can you control the portions? Can you? Uh, control dosing of whatever condiments, sides, etc., so that that it's the same every time. It's very predictable. Uh, and you know, can you make it look better, more visually appealing, so that it, it positively affects the the overall dining experience?
0: Well, you obviously do it very well. Is there any in closing? And if anything we missed? But uh, I have a question, if if nothing else. Sure. And, um, is there one thing you 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 would like people to know or wish people knew about what you do and there may not be you may be like look don't pay <laughs> attention to the man behind the curtain just lift up your plates I don't know what, what do you what do you think
1: um, about the industry or about what
0: you do or just or, or about the, the dining experience perhaps I,
1: I think the what I, I always I think I, I may have mentioned it earlier in the uh, uh, in the cast but my goal is to be as invisible as possible right so if you if you notice it then i I probably am not doing it completely right yeah so so because the focus should always be on the food um but if if i create a vertical food presentation and you go yeah the fries are facing me and and sticking up instead of that that's what you should notice not the vessel that it's in you should say it, oh this looks beautiful it's appetizing it's the color it, that that's what i want you to see or hey i didn't get food poisoning <laughs> 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 woo <Woo-hoo! laughs> then then that's that means i you know i've done my job right and so it's 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 if you notice too much then then it's then i'm not doing my job
0: that's just back to comparison with what i do if i write something that takes you out of the story if you if you if i write something trying to be clever and you're going oh look what he did here okay which i've done cuz i have a tendency to inject little easter eggs into a story that can distract from the story um um, but then, then I have kind of failed you because I pulled you out of the story, and then you have to kind of get back into the story. So I love that. I love that thing there. So you know, I frequently get a question from readers: um, Hey, Alex, did you see so and so's book, or did you read that, or did you see that movie? Do you wish you had thought of that? And I'm like, No, of course not. But of course, in my heart of hearts, I'm eating my heart out, going, Yeah, I wish I. Thought of that freaking million dollar idea. What about you? Is there ever like a product or an idea that you wish you had created?
1: So there's one I, I kind of kick myself about because it's a lot of the best solutions are simple ones. You know, we talked to color coding. Um, a, a company called Rubbermaid, I'm sure you've heard of it. <laughs> Does not ring a bell? So th- they have a commercial food service products division. Right. Uh, and they developed... A trash can. And the trash can's been around for a very long time <laughs> with, with very little innovation. Right. I mean, the first innovation was changing from tin to plastic, which made it a lot more durable. But but after that, it basically remained unchanged. Right. They developed a a can with side vents. So, basically a vertical vent that runs down the side. And uh, it, in a commercial kitchen, you have a lot of wet product because you're removing food and, and so the can the can liner sealing against the can is a huge problem because you know the amount of lifting force it takes to pull the can. I liner used to work in fast food. I remember this. It, it's just it's horrible and, and you know strain and you know, back related injuries is a, is a huge problem in the industry. Well, they created a venting system that reduces it, it breaks that seal between the liner and the can and reduces the lifting force required to lift it out by brilliant. about 40 percent
0: that's brilliant
1: it, it, oh it's it, it and so simple and it, it is actually something that your listeners can do at home you, if you can get like a uh, you know like a pvc pipe mm-hmm you know, cut it at an angle so that air can travel through it, and put it in the can before you put a can liner in. It'll break that seal. So you could do that at, at home, or you could buy the Rubbermaid can if you can find it. Although most of them are commercial sizes, so so not real functional in a kitchen. But, that's a that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, it was again a very simple idea, but the but the result was it, it was really good.
0: Yeah, when I was in high school, I worked at uh, Chick Fil A, and I remember those massive, the 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 big square cans, and we would, the lift that was required, and we had some particularly young women who high school age, they were so they just didn't have the upper body strength to even get a full bag out of the can, and I'd have to go help or you know, and then so that that would have been a really great thing to have. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and this was patented, uh, I think, within the last. 10 years or
0: so. See, but that's the thing. Your mind is open to these things. Like you'll see this, uh, something like this down the road, I'm sure. And, right. and you'll, you'll solve that. problem uh, uh,
1: Exactly. I've, yeah. That's, that's my hope. I've got, again, I've got a couple of things percolating, percolating, right? milling about in there. And, uh, uh, you know, I love that show connections. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've got a couple of those, uh, uh rattling around in my head right see, now.
0: That's, that's why we need people like, like you, who are thinking at things from a different angle and kind of like that that design you're relieving some pressure to make our lives a little better and that's pretty cool yeah i have so enjoyed learning more about what you do and i, I hope you listeners have as well but, but but brian hutton thank you for being on ngo my,
1: my pleasure yeah it's I great can get together get i would like that very much
0: um and listeners, I appreciate you tuning in here, and I'd appreciate it if you'd tell other folks about this, especially if you enjoyed this kind of fascinating look behind the curtain of creativity um, in areas that you might not expect to find it. And we're going to be doing a lot more of that on Mysterious Goings On as we continue. But as ever, I the clock is ticking, and I have some writing to do, and you have some reading to do. <clears throat> I think you know what that means. You can find out more at pilotscross.com, P-I-L-A-T-E-S-Cross.com, or you can find all of my books on Amazon.com in ebook, paperback, and in one case, two cases, audiobooks. But anyway, I'm J. Alexander Greenwood. You can call me Al. This was Brian Hutton, our guest, and you've been listening to Mysterious Goings On. Until next time, keep reading.